You're listening to episode 150 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today's topic is how to interrail through Europe. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I have a background in theology and a love for travel. Having visited nine different countries and served in five congregations, I wanted to create an environment that discusses and encourages the overlap of my two favorite things, the Lord and travel. And if you have a passion for these things, or wanting to learn how God is such an integral part of our daily adventures, then you've come to the right place. Today's topic is how to interrail through Europe. Hey, Christian travelers, I'm so glad that you're tuning in today. If you remember from two weeks ago, we took a look at one of the train transportation systems in the United States. Well, today we're going to jump across the ocean and take a look at Europe. But before we do, I want to once again point you to our website, christiantravelers.net. There you can find other faith and travel resources, including our online platform where Christian travelers can come together in community for encouragement, for finding faith-minded travelers, and to plan trips together, network, etc. But uh, that's still in the development phase, so we encourage you to join our email list right now, and you'll get updates once that is officially live. But without further ado, today we're diving into traveling by train. And if you remember from a couple of weeks ago, we talked about traveling through the United States, and now we're jumping across the ocean and taking a look at Europe. And in so doing, we know that Europe has just a very different dynamic than the United States. Public transportation isn't as big of a thing here because our cities are so spread apart. Whereas in a smaller geographical area, there's so many different countries. And this allows many different people with different companies to bring trains and public transportation to their communities. But how do we cut from one country to another? And I decided to take a look at this. So because of this, Interrail has partnered with 33 different countries and their public transportation systems to create what is called Interrail. It allows you to travel between country to country while purchasing one ticket that allows you to do all of that. So what exactly does this mean and what exactly does it look like? Well, we're going to dive into that today. So first things I wanted to cover was what is the cost of interrailing and traveling by train from country to country? This is called a global pass. In other words, it's 221 euros or approximately 243 US dollars to purchase the cheapest pass to go from country to country. and this limits you to traveling by train for four days in one month. Now, this can get much more expensive and go up to 812 euros or 890 US dollars to travel by train for three months, unlimited amount of times in those three months. On the other hand, if you were just traveling around a country, but you were going to use more than one type of train system, you might consider getting the country pass, which the price varies by country, but it starts around 51 euros or 55 US dollars and goes up from there. So is there a benefit to using one or the other? Well, 
Um, aside from the fact that ones works best if you're just traveling, say you chose to visit Germany and decided to travel around there, well, having one train pass that allows you to visit multiple places and use multiple trains in Germany, this might be the choice for you. However, if you were going to multiple countries, obviously you need the global pass. But one of the things that I saw in many of the reviews and people who have done interrailing before was that they recommend you plan out your whole entire trip. You see, many people end up spending way too much money on the interrail pass. They get something that allows them to travel every day for a month on the train when they end up staying at cities for multiple days at a time and then end up only getting on a train for maybe six times in the month. So having a full plan for where you're traveling and when allows you to decide if that's the better option. And one of the other things uh, called Flexbus, or uh, there were some other bus systems that as well, tended to actually be a lot cheaper, even for traveling internationally. But again, if you're going to be sitting for a long period of time and are needing something more comfortable, you might end up going towards the train route. It really just depends on what you're looking for. Now, similar to my previous episode where we covered a seven-hour drive period, I decided to find two destinations on the train map that were about seven hours apart to compare with uh, some of our United States purchases on Amtrak. And so what I found was that Prague in Czechia to Ljubljana in Slovenia was about a seven-hour drive apart, or 708 kilometers, 440 miles. Again, going over some of the stats of what that would cost for you to drive, assuming that the average car gets 25 miles per gallon or 10 kilometers per liter, and now because we're in Europe, we're looking at their gas prices, which average $5.50 US dollars per gallon, um, we found that you're going to spend about $96, almost $97, to travel from point A to point B. That's one small step, but how does that compare to flights? Well, flying one way, I found, was approximately $150 and only 3 hours and 20 minutes. So, a little bit more, but you're paying for that in terms of a faster time to get there. Now, once you land, you may need to rent additional transportation or use public transportation to get around, which has additional costs. So depending on what you're looking for, this may or may not be the better option. So when it came to interrailing, um, what does that break down to? Well, because their passes are limited to global pass or country pass, this would technically require a global pass, which means that you could travel by train for four days, but for this specific stint, you're only traveling for one. And so this equates to 221 euros for or 243 US dollars for 10 hours and 40 minutes on a train ride. Again, this could be great if you're planning to do work or sleep or just wanting a more comfortable space to rest. Um, but then again, you still have to pay for a car rental or other public transportation once you get there. 
Now, from this, you may conclude that driving is the cheaper option, but if you're an international traveler, keep in mind that you're going to need certain passports and things um, as you cross borders and that you need to be aware of just the different rules of the road from country to country. While I've had the blessing of traveling on the Autobahn, it can be stressful, especially if you don't speak or read the language. Um, understanding what signs and what words mean does matter when you're on the road. Now, again, this is all up to you, but if you choose to go with the interrail system, let's take a look at some of the tips and tricks for traveling. First of all, I highly recommend that you get the app. It's a great way to plan your trip, get notifications about your trip if things get delayed or changed, and just helps you navigate some of the stations. In addition, it's very important to reserve your seat with this pass. Because you are using Interrail, which doesn't actually own these train stations, and because you're using other train systems, by reserving your seat, you know where you're seated, and it's just required by many of the train stations that are using Interrail or allowing Interrail to use their train station. So it's just a good practice to get in the habit of, of reserving your seat every single time. And uh, it's important to arrive early. Being early is better than being late and missing your train altogether. And it reduces some of the stress once you're there, giving you time to find your station and to wait. Many of the trains have some kind of sign above them telling you what time certain trains are arriving, so pay attention. Another thing that's really important to pay attention to is what seating area you're going into. Not only do you need to reserve your seat, but you need to make sure that you are sitting on the correct section of the train. Many of the trains have numbers labeled on them, like a one and a two, meaning that part of the train is going to split off and go a different direction. One will may continue on while another may turn and go a totally different way. And if you end up in the wrong section, you're likely going to end up at the wrong station. Another important thing is to make sure that your ticket is punched or um, approved, depending on where you're at. Um, many of the tickets do not actually count as purchased unless they have a specific stamp, especially like in a subway system or uh, just different public transportation in Europe. And people do come onto the car to check that you have your ticket, check that you actually paid for your seat, um, and can result in some really large fines. So make sure that everything is uh, stamped, approved before you get on. Another important thing would be to know what time and station is departing before you get to your station. It's so easy to miss your departure, so knowing when you're supposed to get off what time and also knowing what station is before you can help signal you to get off. Sometimes stations aren't even announced, um, although in my experience, they typically were, but at some point it's possible that something doesn't get announced and you miss your spot, your stop. So paying attention to the time and what station departs before you can help keep you in the awares of when you need to get off. And then 
two maybe typical suggestions from me would be one to find a church near your train station, whether it's before you depart or when you arrive. Knowing when worship services are, Bible studies just helps you orient yourself to the community and begin to make some friends right off the bat. And worshiping with the Lord can take some of that stress out of the travel process. And then that being said, it's so important to also be talking with the Lord, including all of your travel plans in prayer and just lifting them up to him is such an important part. Now, I'm curious, after hearing these tips and learning a little bit about the price breakdown between flying, driving, and going by interrail, if you'll be traveling by train this summer or not, go ahead and share your thoughts in the comments below. And if you've ever done interrailing, we'd love to hear your story as well. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast episode. I want to once again point you to our website, christiantravelers.net. There you can sign up for our email list and be one of the first people with access to our Amtrak and hopefully Europe list of train stations and worship services near them. Uh, it's an ever-growing list, and we know it will continue growing even once our platform grow goes live, but you'll have access to it first. So we encourage you to sign up for that. Not only that, you'll get to connect with other travelers and hear their stories, plan trips together, and more. Um, thank you so much for listening today, and I encourage you to hit the subscribe button, leave a review, and until next time, safe travels and God bless.